So we just came back from a huge trip to Europe, yep. to Greece, and we realized we hadn't really done an update on how it went. <laughs> we tend to keep our private life, you know, our personal life pretty private. And um, I did send out an email before we left that was like, hey, we're going to Greece and, you know, follow us on social media if you want to see our updates there, uh, which I posted a few times. And it got so much interest that it sort of reminded me that I was like, oh, people are interested in hearing about some of these things that we do that are sort of like not traditional. Yeah, this is the cherries on the cake, right? I mean, we do all this productivity stuff, but we don't do it because we're productivity nerds. We do it because we want to live this next level life. Mm -hmm. And a big part of living that next level life is going on vacation and enjoying life and actually being a human being and taking the family out and all that kind of stuff. So why don't we do a little mini recap? So let's start with all the sexy stuff that people want to hear. I know you guys. The deets. I know you want to hear the details, right? <laughs> um, so just know that this isn't coming from a place of flexing at all. This is coming from a place of really wanting to inspire people and share with them like, hey, here's what's possible when you really take charge of your productivity in your life, because it's not just about getting more work done. It's actually about putting work in a smaller box so that you have more and more life right. that you can live. Right. Absolutely. And for us, you know, that means travel. For you, it might not we recognize it's different for everybody. Um, but yes, we went to Greece. So Demir, okay. tell so, us about it. I'm obsessed with Greece. I absolutely love the country. I think it's so friendly. It's so beautiful. I mean, we've been to, I think, five different re regions of Greece the so far. Food. Oh my gosh. The, the food is amazing. The people are amazing. I mean, anybody who's been to Greece knows this. If you haven't been to Bre Greece, get your butt to Greece. Right. It is a fantastic place to stay. I... I'm like obsessed with spending long amounts of time in the Mediterranean and had this vision of like, what's it, what would it actually feel like to really almost like live there, right? set up camp there. So we decided to go for five weeks. And granted, remember when we were actual nomads, right? When we traveled permanently and we're full-time travelers, this really wouldn't have seemed like that long this of a time This would not have been a all. blip. Like we've spent two months in places, three months. Yeah. So I think for us, we were like, yeah, yeah, like a couple, you know, five weeks, no problem. Of course, now we've got two kids. So that's a whole other thing that we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but we were like, let's do this extravagant five-week vacation. This was, I have to say, our pull out all the stops vacation. We were like, we're taking the nanny. Yep. We're, you know, we're taking five weeks. So then instead of trying to do the whole thing in one shot, we did a layover in Madrid. I mean, we just... We rented a big villa. Yeah. We tried to do it as good as it could be done. We rented a car. Like we want, we wanted to set ourselves up for success. Right. By having all of the, I guess, bells and whistles. Yeah. That would have made it like easier for a family to and, travel. And also, this isn't our first time traveling with the family. We did um, a couple of years ago, we did a whole month in Paris yep, with, with Gigi. With Gigi. Um, last year, we did a whole month in Milan. And we went somewhere else, uh, Croatia, Croatia. That's right. Um, with the when I was pregnant with Sabine, and we also had Gigi with us. So yeah, this is sort of like our third. No, and then earlier this year we also we did a did month Atlanta. in the United States. Yeah. yeah. So this is like our fourth major trip as a family. Totally. So the details are: we went to a place uh, in the Peloponnese Peninsula called Nafplion. In fact, we were in a little town right outside of Nafplion called Tolo. 
Uh, Nafplion is like one of the Venetian towns. So I guess the Venetian Empire used to control that whole area of the Peloponnese and they built a, a like a really Venetian looking town. The walking is incredible. The incredible downtown area, The you could just walk it and walk and walk and walk. And of course, that's what happens in these summers. People come out late at night and just all the locals and the tourists come out and it's just like a, in Italian, they would call it a passeggiata, just like walking with no particular reason just to see and be seen and like hang out, you grab a coffee or it's just very, very chill. Um, so cannot recommend the area that we were in enough. Yeah. Now I want to talk about Tolo for a second. Yeah. Tolo is an amazing spot. So uh, if you're listening to this podcast, I want you to know about it, but I don't want you to tell anybody else about right. it. Because Only you guys get to hear. It's not like Nafleon in that there's there's nothing Instagrammable. Right. And here's my little hack for Greece. Find all the places where people take Instagram photos and do not go there no matter what. Mm -hmm. If this place is Instagrammable, it will be miserable. Overrun with tourists, overpriced. Absolutely overrun. So just avoid all of the places that you would see an Instagrammer go. Tolo is a great example of a place that there's nothing to go and take a picture of. It's just a great little beach. Oh, such a good beach. It's got sand. It's got incredible restaurants there. It's sort of like a, you know, middle class vacation spot for Europeans. Right. So you'll see a lot of like Germans and Dutch and people coming down there to yeah. vacation with their family. Um, and so in that sense, it's not like we have some picture that we can show you and be like, oh, we went to this, you know, Santorini or whatever. But I frankly think that those places like Santorini are miserable to go because of the tourists. Well, and plus, so we had kids, obviously. And so our main priority was, hey, they got to get in the water, right? Yes. Just, just walking around to town all day with kids is like the worst possible thing. They don't want to do it. So this beach was so great because even our three-year-old who's short can, she could run right out, you yep. know, many meters. I don't know. What do you think? Five meters could, or so. And she was still at her waist. Yeah. I mean, you could go out a hundred meters out into the water and still an adult would only be out to their way. So it was a very long, shallow beach, no waves, sand to play in and real sand, not pebbles, but like real sand. I mean, it was just amazing. It was just so, ideal. And plus, because it was so hot when we went, like the first couple of weeks were oof. Oof, too hot, brutally hot. It was so great to just go to the beach every single freaking day. This we is going to be the memory that we have from this is every single day we would wake up and we, tr I would go down to the beach before the family and I would put the towels on the chairs right. and sort of like reserve our spot. And then I would come back up, we'd get the family ready, we'd drive down to the beach. I'm talking about people, this is every single day. We didn't miss it like one day in the five weeks. <laughs> every single day we'd go down there and we would post up at the beach and we'd be at the beach from like nine until one. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody coming and bringing food and drink. It was absolutely amazing. There's a great little bakery right nearby. And then a couple times we rented a boat and drove out around a little island that's oh, that out there. That was so much fun. Incredible. There's a little private beach out there that we went to. So it was just fantastic. And then about a little way into the trip, we had some friends come. Another couple came and joined us. And that made it even more fun because then about halfway through the trip when we were starting to be like, not like getting bored, but just more like wanting some additional stimulation, Boom, we had another couple come in and then we could start hanging out with them. So I would have to say, highly recommend Tolo for families. If you're, if you don't have kids, it might be a little too tame for you, but highly recommend Nafleo for everybody. Nafleo yeah. is just a great place to visit. And the Peloponnese Peninsula in general, A plus, just loved it. Yeah.
I will say a couple considerations for Europe that we sort of realized are, you know, these hot temperatures aren't transitory. Yeah. We're going to be getting more and more hot temperatures. I think the season is moving. Yeah, it was it was too hot. We were there, let's see, mid-July to mid-August. And actually, it was those first two weeks that we were there in mid-July that were that were overly hot. And then by the time we were already ready to go, it had cooled down just fine. It was great. Yeah. Idyllic. We were sitting next to somebody at the beach who said they had planned to go into Athens and walk all of the you know, sites and they did it for one day and they were like, we might die. This is I so mean, hot that we, we might die. We sent our nanny to, to Athens to do that because we wanted her to make sure to have seen Athens before she left on, you know, this was for her first time in Europe. And um, man, like she was like, one day was good. She was like, I'm think, I'm like, I'm glad to be back. It was so hot. So hot. So I think a, a good thing to think about when it comes to Europe travel is I actually think that the season is going to move, meaning the middle of the season when people used to go to Europe and it was hot, but not unbearable. I think that's going to be boiling. And the only thing you'd really want to do in like July and August in Europe is like be on the water. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And I think for us, yeah. given that we were on the water, it was great, mm -hmm. but it was super, super hot. And you did not want to consider doing anything else. We didn't want to tour any archeological sites or do anything else that was not just getting into the water. Yes. That means that I think the May-June period and the September-October period might become a little bit more of like the overflow. Right. Where if you're actually going to see castles and do tours and stuff, you may want to consider not going in that July-August period because I think we're just going to see more and more of these heat waves. Oh, yeah. And then so after we stayed in the Peloponnese Peninsula, we also then took a week and we went to the island of Corfu Oof. where... We had planned our annual power couples trip. With, Huzzah. How many couples were there this year? Like eight couples. Yeah, um, nine couples this year. Yeah. Uh, one, one who actually came who had, a, who had a kid with them. It was so exciting to not be the only one with kids. Oh, thank you. And our friends um, who are amazing travel bloggers as well, Max and Oxana, planned the whole thing. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it was just fantastic. So this is a not-for-profit venture. We don't make any money off of it. And because we've got such a great team of couples that help plan and execute it, I mean, the quality is just insane. I'll give you a small example. Like um, there was a catamaran day. Oh, yeah. And I've been on a catamaran. I, we go on catamarans a lot, right? Yeah. It, the the two-haul boats that are pretty big, but they're not like they're not like yacht level. Yeah. So we go and I'm like looking for the catamaran and like looking, looking. And then Ma I see Max waving to me from this three-story yacht. It was And I was like, crazy. Max. This is not a catamaran. He's like, yeah. This is a power yacht. This is a yacht. It, like, it seriously would have fit 100 people. And here we are, like 30 of us or something. It was nuts. It was spectacular. I mean, the highlight for me from the Power Couples trip was we did a seven-course tasting at our villa. So we actually had these people come, and it was a paired wine tasting oh, with the food. The wines were so good. It must have taken us three hours to get through the food and the wine, which is great because there was so much wine that we needed that three hours to like metabolize. Yeah. And then when we were all nice and like lubed up, you know, <laughs> everybody was having fun. We didn't have to get in a car and go anywhere. We were at our villa. And so then the dance party just sort of erupted like naturally. It was fantastic. We were at the end, literally screaming with delight. People were so happy and, and many more. I don't want to make people too jealous, but there was a cooking day where we had a um, a cooking course that was also tremendous and the food was amazing. So, all right, why don't we just, just pause that section of this discussion. I wanted to 
wanted to sort of highlight a couple of things. I think the main thing I want people to take away from this is when you get your act together, when you get productive and when you get organized and when you get ahead of the ball, these are the things that you can have the time and even yes, the money to be able to arrange in your life, connecting with friends. And I want to be clear, we didn't just throw money at that trip. We organized it. We needed time to organize it. And so that's another thing is like, there's some things that you would have to have 10 X income to be able to buy for yourself. But if you just had a little bit of extra time, you could plan it for yourself. So just wanted to highlight the connection to productivity. You know, we get to have these things because we focus on doing the basics better. Right. That That's all it is. And the buildup over time of continuing to do those basics, continuing to refine our systems, continuing to just like tweak and tweak and tweak. Um, and that's really all it is. So not everything can be peaches and cream all the time. So Carrie, let's talk a little bit about, let's get real here. What didn't go right with this trip or what did we learn from this trip? Do you want to go first? Yeah. So I'm happy to jump in here. Well, we learned something pretty critical, which is especially with the kids now, five weeks is too long. Way too long. We, you know, unless we're moving there and we're about to whatever, actually set up a whole apartment and house for ourselves sort of being in a transitory state where we don't have all our normal systems, we don't have all our normal just like stuff that we can use for the kids is quite tiresome for that length of time. And we sort of aligned that in the future, sort of like, you know, like two to three weeks maximum would be a much better length of time for a trip like this. There's certain things that when I tell people, I know they're not going to believe me. Like, for example, we had a cook and we got to a point where we realized that when we added up all the pros and cons, it was actually better to not have a cook. And I know there's so many people out there who say to themselves, but it would be so great to have somebody cook my meals, but you're not thinking about like, you gotta tell them what to cook and you gotta create a schedule for them. And and there's a lot of ins and outs where not everybody's on the same diet. Maybe your kids want this and you want that. It's not that simple and it's not that easy. So there are certain, I guess, uh, things that we wanna make people aware of in terms of these like luxury goods. And the reason I want to make them aware of it is that actually you don't need five weeks in Europe. I think a lot of people will look at us and be like, oh, five weeks in Europe. I'll be honest. There's something between week two and three. That's the magic spot. I think right at week two would be just a little bit too little. Meaning when I got onto the plane, I would be feeling like I'm not ready to go yet. But there's something weird that happens by the beginning of week two to the beginning of week three, that third week. Somewhere in there, I get to a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Right. It's time to go. Yeah. Unless you're like moving to a lot of different spots or something, which we hate doing. Like we don't like fast travel. Yeah. That's nightmarish for us. It, you know, you know, you don't get as good food for the kids. It's really hard. So um, we prefer just to go to one place and stay. And so I think that's what we did really well with this trip. But yeah, we think that it was just too long. Like, it was too long. you know, we were start, it started, started to feel like, what are we doing here? Are we moving here? Because if we're moving here, let's settle in. Right. But we're not moving here. So it just felt like it started to drag a little bit towards yep. the end. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the other is that I I think part of the reason I really pushed for five weeks, even though Carrie was, for the record, like, this is too long, uh, is that I had a, I got like overly connected to like a fantasy vision. I, I really, for a long time, I love Europe so much that I've been playing with this idea of like, we're going to be that family that summers in Europe. Right. The whole, we're just going to grab the kids 
And for all three months of summer, we're going to move to Europe and we're just going to live in Europe for the summer. And I just fell in love with that vision and got so committed to it. And I just was refusing to see anything that didn't align with that vision. So for me, this five weeks was like, this is just a warm up. Like we're going to spend three months in Europe every year from when the kids get out of school to when they get back in school. And it just doesn't gel with reality. And I think it took this trip to really finally like help me align with reality. Right. You know? And that was sad, but good. And what's funny is it's not like the kids were unhappy or something. The kids loved it. They were fine. It was sort of more like you and me. It's like we didn't, we had to do just things that we didn't want to do for so long, right? It's like a lot more just dealing with things like cleaning and cooking and all these sorts of things that we have systems for back here in Medellin. And, um, you know, we aren't aren't able to do things that we personally find really fulfilling like work, right? Like we love working. We, you know, it's part of what we like to do. So we weren't able to do that for so long. So, um, yeah, it was really more about about you and me, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing is like, there is a point at which the memory has been made and staying longer, you start to go over the edge of the curve. Like at three weeks, somewhere between two and three weeks, we'd really gone to the beach a lot. We'd had that memory of going to the beach. It wasn't like we did a lot between in week four and five. We just did a lot more of the same thing. Right. But we went over the, let's just say we went over the other side of the utility curve. And I do think if we didn't have kids, we probably would have felt like it was fine because you're able to do and keep up with sort of your same routines and habits anywhere you are in the world. But just with the added sort of like dimension of the kids, that really didn't work out this way this time. And I think maybe that's the big thread for me is I've been having a hard time since the birth of our first kid transitioning into just not just being a dad because emotionally I love the kids. It's more like how our life has to change to accommodate kids. And there's some things where I was like, no, I was just being stubborn. No, we're not going to change. We're going to be digital nomads, but we're going to be a family of digital nomads. And we're going to travel all over. Nothing's going to change. Instagram says it's possible. It's possible. I'm going to make it possible. And I love I I love and admire that part of me that wants to live differently. But this was a moment where I could just see it wasn't good for anybody. It wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for you. It wasn't great for the kids. And so I, I think that's probably the big observation was just sort of realizing that five weeks was too much, but also the bigger theme is letting go of that vision of doing summers in Europe and embracing where we're actually at as a family and what's, what's actually right for the family. And isn't that the case so much that happiness as a family isn't ever about optimizing like one person's happiness or utility? You're always balancing against, you know, what's, what's great for all of us? What's, what's the, the overlap? Yeah. Happiness. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more with that yet because some things too, we didn't really anticipate. Like um, we thought since the baby was sleeping really great at home here that she would adjust pretty quickly in Europe because that's how Gigi is. Gigi adjusts to time zones quite easily. No, Sabine Sabine didn't do that. Not for five weeks. We rented this big fancy villa. Oh my God. We had all of these amazing rooms and we ended up sleeping on these double couches. Oh my gosh. We have to tell people how this happened. (laughs) It was so absurd. We literally, Demir and I both were sleeping on pullout couches. I was actually (laughs) sleeping on a child's size mattress. And this was, for some reason, the optimal configuration because the baby just would not sleep through the night. And so we were up with her every single night. 
And it was, oh my gosh, it was actually pretty comical now that you think about it. So the nanny ended up staying in the primo room. Yeah, the best room. The best room in the whole villa <laughs> with its own private balcony that we were supposed to stay in. That was supposed to be ours. But because we were up with the baby so much, then we had to move downstairs. And then Gigi needed her own room with the door because we didn't want her to wake up when the baby woke up. And then the baby needed a door because she was screaming so loudly. And so we were left with the pullout. It so was in the middle of the house. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. I'll just say one more thing that I think is actually lands in the pros column, but I think it's sort of like mixed. I think what's great about taking a longer vacation is that, especially in Western countries, in America specifically, we're so used to what I call like whirlwind vacations. Like you don't have enough time. And so you're trying to see all of Italy in like seven days yeah. or eight days. It's just this whirlwind. And so you go from working, 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 whirlwind of life to whirlwind vacation and then right back into right. it working. And so there's what happens is that there's a natural, I think, emotional not damage. I don't want to say damage, but just like emotional, um, what would you call it? Like build up, mm -hmm. like of things that are happening in your life, things that you need to consider, realizations that are impending, things that are working, things that aren't working. And when you take a, a good amount of vacation, like five weeks, I think your subconscious says, oh, good. Yeah. We finally have time to consider some of these things. And just relax and, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, I think we think about vacation as this moment when only beautiful things happen. Right. Like, oh, I'm only going to think good thoughts. I'm only going to relax and just go, ah. I'm only going to wear like beautiful clothes and like sip margaritas at the beach. It's going to be all good all the time. And what happened on this one, which I think is good, but didn't feel good at the time, was that there were some things that were happening in the background of my subconscious that sort of came up that I hadn't had time to consider before. And I finally had time. And they weren't great things. I mean, I'm not even going to go into it because it wasn't like. It wasn't like so bad. It wasn't it was so just, bad. It just was stuff that was like, oh, this thing I want isn't going to happen. And this other thing that I've been planning on probably isn't going to happen. It just, yeah. or like the way I'm being just isn't working. Disappointments and. Yeah, just some realizations that I had been sort of burying in the back of my mind sort of popped up. And actually, I've come to appreciate that that is ideal to deal with in vacation. Yeah. Like the, vacation is a great time to have hard conversations yeah. with yourself, have hard conversations with your partner, but not just bad, but like work through it. Right. Work it, work it over, talk about it. And so, uh, I, you know, I also encourage people to consider that when you do get to the moment when you're taking two, three, four week vacations, just consider that that's enough time for your subconscious to sort of bring these things up and process them. And that's good. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily always feel good in the moment. Right, 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 right. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Awesome. Why don't we wrap it up here? Uh, gang, thank you so much. We'll be doing more of these mini vacations in the future. We'll give you some boil downs on that. And uh, of course, I'm doing my Tribe Talks Live, Demir, uncensored and unfiltered. <laughs> Sorry, I keep saying uncensored. It's I mostly, need it's to just unfiltered. He's not going to swear. Cursing. All right, I'm not going to swear. Yeah. Uh, it's unfiltered. But um, I'm always happy to take questions about lifestyle design and vacation planning. So you can always drop a question for us. That's for, for all of there. our Life Hack Tribe members, by the way. You get access to all sorts of live calls. But one of them every month, actually two of them every month, are those Demir unfiltered members only podcast episodes that are just amazing. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next one.